What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Hello and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic to cosplay to Schitt's Creek to Supernatural and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. And welcome to It's a Fandom Thing and our kickoff of our Horror Month celebration. As listeners probably know by now, horror is my favorite genre. So I always look forward to October because we get to talk about it all month and everything I'm watching is horror. Uh, There are moments when I do kind of go, okay, I should probably lighten it up a little bit. So I'll sprinkle in other things for my own sanity. (laughs) Not that, you know, but sometimes when you watch enough of it, depending on what you're watching, it can, you know, mess with you psychologically. But I still love this genre more than anything else. I think it leads to some of the most interesting conversations. And horror will always be the most political, the most edgy, the most, uh, and edgy, I mean that by, in a good way, the one that pushes the boundaries, the genre that um, is the punk rock genre, I've also referred to it as, the genre that will, you know, make you actually think about things, uh, will make you confront things. Um, It's just, to me, it is, I don't know, the best genre because of the fact that you can do so much with it that you don't do in other genres. And so just remember that when people complain about horror movies being becoming political now or becoming too woke, uh, they've been this way since forever. So <laughs> if you don't think horror films are political, if you don't think horror films are trying to say something, then you're completely wrong. And we're going to kick things off with Asian horror films. And I think Asian horror really is talking about a lot of different themes depending on which region or what what the themes are or the subgenre but i think this is a genre of horror films that really really can push that those boundaries in a good way and also can say a lot about humanity and a lot about our own fears a lot about karma sorry i was like what's that word i'm thinking of <laughs> Uh, If you don't know what Asian horror films are, Asian horror films are horror, thriller, and suspense films made in Asian countries, including Thailand, Hong Kong, Singapore, Malaysia, India, Indonesia, Indonesia, sorry, excuse me, and the Philippines, that generally follow the conventions of J-horror, which is Japan, and K-horror, which is Korea. And let me just give you a little bit of what each of those means. So Japanese horror is horror fiction derived from pop- popular culture in Japan, generally noted for its unique thematic and conventional treatment of the horror genre differing from the traditional Western representation of horror. 
And if you remember in the early 2000s, late 90s, Western horror was, and we still do this today, of course, but we started taking a lot of Asian horror films and remaking them. And a lot of people criticized that because of the fact that they, a lot of those Western horror films were missing a lot of the general themes of those. Um, and we still do that today. We do that also with other horror films that are not Western made or not from the United States. But Japanese horror tends to focus on psychological horror, tension building, and supernatural horror, particularly involving ghosts and poltergeists. Korean horror films have been around since the early years of Korean cinema. However, it was not until the late 1990s that the genre began to experience a renewal. Many of the Korean films tend to focus on the suffering and the anguish of characters rather than focus on the explicit blood and guts aspect of horror. Korean horror features many of the same motifs, themes, and imagery as Japanese horror. Um, several Korean horror films that have been adapted into English language have been Old Boy, Into the Mirror, A Tale of Two Sisters, Train to Busan, and The Wailing are rumored to currently have remakes and talks for production, which I don't know if Angela knew that about The Wailing. I knew that about Train to Busan, but I didn't know that about The Wailing. So. so I'm very happy because I have Angela here to discuss Asian horror films with me. So this should be a lot of fun. I did put together a list, and what I'm going to do in the show notes is if you are looking for any of these films, which of course, when we're recording this, it's October 1st, and so I noticed a lot of these films that weren't available in other places started becoming available in new places, let you know in the show notes, sorry, where you can find any of the movies that we are talking about. Warning, we will be probably spoiling things. We are talking about horror films here. We are talking about horror films that would deal with a lot of psychological stuff. We'll deal with a lot of trauma. We'll probably deal with a lot of sexual assault as well. Uh, so I do want to give a trigger warning up front for that. So, yep, just to let you know. But before we dive into the Asian horror films that we love and why we love Asian horror and all the different subgenres, and if we prefer one over the other, Angela, is there something other than this that you are into right now in pop culture? I feel like it's not mostly into. It's just like what I what I have been recently been watching, and I feel like I've been a little bit un, like overstimulated this past few weeks because I was watching the new Netflix show, or, um, the new I guess the Dahmer mm -hmm. um, Netflix, and also finished watching Blonde's movie, which I totally regret. This whole week was all regretful watching and I couldn't even sleep this past few days because I don't know if I was just being super triggered or super angry. But and also it's just me, you know, going through the whole, you know, experience of being the victim of SA or sexual assault, you know, not a good way to start with the spooky, um, spooky season. So but so I did. I did finish some of like, you know, Asian horrors recently. So that's which is why I'm like really excited, you know, because I need to, you know, there's just much more beautiful masterpiece out there than, you know, something that doesn't need to be, you know, re-traumatize me. So I'm actually excited to discuss all of this today with Aaron. So. Well, yeah. And, you know, I want to say I got into this conversation with somebody who basically I think they were just trying to start an argument because I know that it's a pattern they've done because I uh, about this movie blonde we have mentioned we mentioned it before when we were talking about unauthorized biographies earlier this year and how this is not 
by the way, this is not an autobiography. <laughs> this is not a biography. No. This is based on a fictional book. And it doesn't matter if the director says that or whatnot. People are going to watch it and think it is real. And to me, it's just, I haven't watched it. I haven't, but I know people who have seen it, like Angela and other people. I've read lots of stuff about what happens in it. It's not something I am choosing to to watch and I and and it's and it's just because I know it's it's been harmful to other people and I'm sorry that Angela was was traumatized by it or had re-trauma or it was triggering excuse me is what I meant to say and I I want to stress something because this person said well if it's if something's going to trigger you you just need to stop watching it or if something's going to or what and I'm like you know what people don't always know what's going to trigger you mm-hmm and that's what I said to her. And it, and it really pisses me off because this person was basically like, there are so many other things in this world to worry about. Why be upset about this movie being made? And you're trying to censor art, which is bullshit. It's another, it's like another reason why it's so important, why media needs to like know how to like what to put out there. Like with Dahmer, I was uh, the show, you know, like it's just re-traumatized patient or uh, sorry not uh, victims it's just without their consent either they did they the victim didn't even tell holly or netflix to you know do all of this they just happen to be greedy and just do whatever they want yeah yeah well sorry i I don't mean to get into a big big long because i don't want to upset anybody or take the take the time from this too much i just wanted to bring that up because i do think you know it should be we should probably talk about it at some point as Mm -hmm. an episode but that's the thing that people have to realize critiquing art critiquing movies critiquing you know the way people handle certain touchy things is not asking for art to be censored it's not asking that at all what it's asking for is people to be responsible with the art they put out there that's or handle it differently i'm not saying you can never ever portray you know, graphic assault or, you know, anything like that. I'm not saying you can never talk about that in film. It's the way you talk about it that matters. It's the way you handle that subject matter that matters. And it's important to listen to critiques that, you know, we critique stuff on here that I love. We talk about movies that I love and shows I love, but there's still stuff to critique in a lot of those that you you might love them, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're perfect or that they're without flaws or that they couldn't be better. I think when you critique media and art, it can only help it become better, in my opinion. And do not, do not attack people if they get triggered by something. You have no idea what's going to trigger anyone. I mentioned when we did the Keanu Reeves episode that the movie The Devil's Advocate triggered me big time. And it probably, and it may not have triggered many people, but it triggered me. And for me personally, I can never watch it again. Does that mean I don't think other people should? No, but it doesn't mean that I'm wrong for being triggered by it. It just mm-hmm. means we're human beings <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's going to happen. So anyway, but what I am into is um, the final trailer for Halloween Ends dropped. And you know how excited I am for Michael Myers. <laughs> so I am absolutely just, I'm so excited for this movie and I, really really hope it lives up to my very high expectations for it but let's get into something that we we love and so we can and we appreciate so we're going to talk about asian horror now and i want to know angela do you remember what the first asian horror film was that you saw 
I know it's a hard question. <laughs> it's hard to, well, let's just say that, um, and I know like in the beginning, you, you know, you said like how, you know, like Weston have took some of the, you know, Asian um, movies and turned into their own. And the thing is, so like, very being very young like i remember watching the grudge and the rain because that's originally is from it's actually from japan and i think so i started watching that with my dad though but that's in the western thing and my dad told me like you know you know like that's i'm really disappointed because like it's not like the original like which is like you know in asia they're the one who made it and i was like oh so, you know, and then, like, my dad showed me, you know, the actual Grudge and the Ring movie, which I kind of wish that, you know, he did it, because, like, it gave me so much nightmares, and, like, I just, like, you know, anything that relates to hairs nowadays, like, we see hairs, like, sink, whatever, <laughs> like, I get traumatized. Not only that, I just finished watching this, um, I, which I will talk more about, I just finished watching this uh, Vietnamese horror for the first time. I never start watching Vietnamese horror until you know we are talking about this it's like you know I'm Vietnamese and like I never thought that I ever even like tried to like go and like watch my own culture and so that's what I did and they have some hair scene sync thing and I was like oh my god it's like I can't with this <laughs> so yeah that's where that's where my phobia of like hair thing whatever you know so that was my first one I watched was the grudge and the rings um, and ever since then, um, you know, I started getting more into the Asian films, horrors, and I'm just loving, just, I just prefer it just more. I don't know why. I'm not trying to be biased because I'm Asian. but <laughs> It's fine. It's just like, yeah, that that's how I just, uh, just started because, you know, my dad is decided like, oh. I got something better, something you probably won't sleep for a while. So. <laughs> and then you'll be afraid of hair and the Yeah, and and mine was more on the psychological side was audition. That was the very first one and that that movie is whew, if, if did you watch audition? Have you I seen have, audition? I have not seen audition. So which country is it? That's Japan as well. Japan, okay. And that one is ooh, that it'll make lists of like one of the scariest of the scariest horror films. I'm not going to say much because I don't want to spoil it for Angela, but I I will say big trigger warning for this one for stuff that does have to deal with um, sexual assault and and abuse and stuff. So I will say okay. that okay. Um, there is a scene, and if you've seen Audition, you know this. This is all I'm going to say because I'm not going to give it away. <laughs> Angela but there's a scene it's okay if you, if you want to say it that's totally fine though I will no, always no because okay. you have to know that you have to but there's a scene that involves a garbage bag and that's all I have to say and if people have seen this movie they will understand because this is a movie that it's a slow build it starts out as basically like a romantic comedy and this man his son's his uh, children want him to start dating again. So he starts holding these auditions for a girlfriend. <laughs> it's really kind of gross. <laughs> I mean, like, but, but it's, but it's presented in this way, like a typical romantic comedy. And one of the women that comes in there is this pretty shy, pretty quiet. And that's the woman he loves, uh, likes, excuse me. And I'm, that's all I'm going to say. So, <laughs> 
okay, well, now I'm curious. I want to know what this garbage bag is. It's like, what can be worse than just, you know, just hair in a sink and hair everywhere? <laughs> but but it is a very it's one of my favorite horror films and it definitely is one of my favorite asian horror films uh there is one that does top it and i know it's and i know the one that tops it is one of angela's favorites so i'm sure it's gonna that one's gonna be mentioned soon too and i know it's a favorite of a lot of people so but yeah audition is just so so good it gets under your skin the performances are incredible and it's one of those that takes those turns and twists and twists your expectations and who you think you should be rooting for is not necessarily who you necessarily end up rooting for not excusing some of the stuff that happens but just saying that who you initially are like well then I shouldn't be rooting for this person well that you might change your mind <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm just messed up. But that one is really, really good. I know it is streaming right now on Tubi, which I have to say Tubi, even though you have to deal with commercials, Tubi, of course, is a free platform because of all the commercials. And Tubi has a lot of great Asian horror films right now. So I know you can watch Audition on there. Um, I'm not positive if it's anywhere else right now. Uh, if it is, though, I will put that in the show notes, too. So just to let you know. Uh, so yeah, but that's that's a great one, and yeah, Angela, I do recommend it. But like I said, definitely heed the trigger warnings for that one because it can be pretty triggering. Okay, so. I will put that on my list. I always like, you know, find more excuse to just. It is, it is October first. It's like it's the time yes. for just all spooky stuff. So. Exactly, exactly. It's it's the best month. Um, so we're gonna start just talking about some of our favorites. We'll kind of do like a countdown. It doesn't mean that the I, I didn't ask you to do this. So it doesn't. So if you're not prepared, we'll just kind of go back and forth for a little bit. So we'll do about five. And then depending on time, maybe we'll do more. So give me like, it doesn't necessarily mean that it ranks number five, but give me um, maybe your fifth favorite. Asian horror in general is like, they're just so, they're so twisted. They just like, they, they make you think that you know what like what you know what's going to happen and but then turns out it's like just kidding we trick you this is what actually happened we was like oh god so that's just and i i prefer the psychological asian horror film just because again like to them like a true like it's just like i just like just the whole like what the actual fuck moments like oh shit like because it makes me think about myself in individuals like am I a fuck up person for just being this way like it's just like it's it's just good like you know that they just drill in your head of like what to expect for example and I'm also I guess we should just talk about it because I I, I I might as well just say it um I saw the devil just brilliant you know just I just absolutely love it. I would watch it multiple times just because I'm and it's interesting because okay, it's about to get pretty dark because like what I'm actually about to say is like it probably freaks people out. I hope it doesn't freak you out, Aaron. Of like they're searching. <laughs> uh oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like I, not because you know I'm actually have a huge crush on uh, Lee Brunhin because he's my favorite actor. He's like basically like Leonardo DiCaprio, like. Asian 
or just like he's just so handsome. He's George gorgeous. Clooney. Yeah, he's he's, he's like George Clooney there over there. So he's so I just love everything about him, and so I feel so bad because like he's doing all these this horrible thing to the killer that you know killed his fiance, and I'm just here's like, woo, you do you? Because I'm I'm also like, I'm I'm not trying to be the person that tried to like, uh, romanticize. You know, that's the thing I was worried about when I was watching, like, Jeff Dahmer's, because Evan Peter was, like, my crush, and, I, and then, like, but he did all these stuff, and so, like, I don't, I, I hate conflicted, like, this is so horribly bad, um, but there's something about this, like, revenge horror murders that satisfied me. I know it's, like, a really fucked up feelings that I have, like, when, because, you know, me being sexually assaulted and, like, you know, and, like, so to see, like, this scene of him going after and playing, like, games with the killer, you know, um, just satisfies me. It's, like, the same with the movie Barbarian. Don't spoil the, don't spoil that okay. one, though. <laughs> I won't spoil that one. I just say that this was, like, very, like, that kind of satisfied revenge horror just, just that makes me a monster. It's, like... I just like it like it's is this why I like psychological like uh, psychology like is that why I like um psychological psychological horror, horror? Like, horror. is like I was like oh god like it's just interesting just just how everything is and like how I view horrors in some ways so no I think that's a very natural response I mean I think that's a lot of what I think this that's what this movie is about that's this movie is totally about you know, someone who decides to take revenge and in the end, because uh, the last the last shot in, in this movie, by the way, is absolutely amazing. And it's basically after he has been torturing his wife's killer who brutalized his wife, okay, and like chopped off her head, chopped her up, all this horrible, horrendous stuff. And so he's been basically torturing um, his wife's killer, he had shoved like a GPS tracker down his throat. And so he knows where he is at all times. And so he'll like, uh, the, the tendon cutting, when he cuts his tendon, I have to look, I look away from that because I can't. Yeah. That's, uh-huh. that, that's one of my things, like hair with you. The thing with me is like whenever anyone cuts like a tendon, it just, oh, it like gets under my skin. And the way he does it too, and it's all close up. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, and so you're watching and he's, it's very much a cat and mouse kind of game. And the killer is, in a, is in a way, kind of enjoying this, which also makes you uncomfortable because it's like, and then you meet other killers like the cannibal. And so you've got, <laughs> which that eating scene, I was like, do, do not watch this movie if you're eating, by the way. I think yeah. it's one of those that, yeah, um, for me personally, I know like people like Susie, Susie will watch body horror and eat while she's watching it. I can't do that. Oh, that's Susie. That, yes, but that's, that's why we love Susie. Um, but so I think it is, I think that that's what the main theme of this movie is, is, is that revenge, will that actually give you satisfaction? Because he does end up killing the killer. He beheads him right when the killer's like family walks in the door and that's what triggers him to, the, you know, to have the head cut off. And he's walking away and he knows it's happened and it's like all of a sudden the grief that he has not been dealing with 
the fact that, you know, his wife was pregnant when she died. He didn't know that either. And the killer taunts him with that later in one of the scenes. And so you watch him crumble and he just starts crying. And that's how it ends. He's just walking and sobbing. And that's the last shot in the movie. And so to me, it represents that even though at the time the revenge was satisfying for him, I mean, uh, there's a scene where he's like beating him in the back and in the head and until the thing he's using breaks. And it's a very intense scene to watch. And it's all that anger and sorrow and grief. And so when he's finally thinks this will relieve that and it doesn't i think that's what he's come to the realization of and i but i think it's very natural as a human being to want to see that revenge on people that have hurt you and so i think when you watch it in horror films it can be kind of a catharsis which i'm not saying that i think angela is going to go or any of us are going to go do this i know when i watched promising young woman it was very cathartic too There are a lot of movies like that. Like there's the great French horror film Revenge, which is all about a woman getting revenge on people who have assaulted her. And that can be so cathartic. You know, there's famously I Spit on Your Grave. And there's all these kind of things like that where it is a person who has been traumatized getting revenge. And there's a reason these are so popular. And there's a reason this movie works because it is watching that and watching the fact that you know, you can sit there and have that catharsis, but also I think it does show that that might not lead to an actual catharsis. Mm -hmm. It might not lead to the actual healing you think it will. And not at all saying that, uh, frankly, the guy (laughs) deserves it. The character deserves it. He's a horrendous human being who's done some atrocious things and would never, ever get, like, would never be redeemed or could never be redeemed. So he deserves it, but I think what's more, what this movie is more about is about someone dealing with grief and the aftermaths of grief and how they're handling that grief and that trauma that they have experienced. And I think that's why it's such a, it's such a well done movie and the performances are all incredibly good. And, and I don't know if you noticed this, Angela, or think this about this, but I think it's interesting that in the killer's van and he drives like a school van Mm -hmm. which is even creepier but he has the you know the rear view mirror and he has those light up things there with that look like angels wings Mm -hmm. i don't know what it was about that that really just creeped me out (laughs) i just noticed about like and that's the thing about asian horrors like they just they're really good about like adding like the very details that you know knowing that we as audience could like get trigger get spooked about it like i like they're just really good about just storytellings and you know just like the actual you know human behavior like like it's, it's like they know how we act you know and like they're using us as an experiment right it's like oh i feel like <laughs> if we put this in there they're probably going to get like spooked and stuff and it did like there's a certain you know a certain audience that they're trying to like get to just hearing from you like talking about like you know like the whole revenge sci-fi like in like just making us like but it's not going to give us the actual like was it the actual um catharsis that yes it reminds me of how like i don't know i don't know if you know like in japan you know like japan has like the low rate like the lowest percentage for rape mm-hmm but they're also the 
one of the countries that watch highest view of watching porn, mostly sexual assault porn. Mm. And so it kind of just like make reminds me of that kind of thing of me watching something like I saw the devil of like, you know, I have this like inner like anger of like, you know, that I cannot like I don't want to commit, but like watching something like that relieves it. Mm-hmm. in a way that you know maybe doesn't make me want to do I don't know if that's like some you know is that what you're trying to like I don't know that's what I've been noticing mm-hmm. like you know when you notice like oh it's like you know how in Japan like you know maybe people just have these urge or have these fantasies they want to but you know they just watch this in media and like they just are done with like that and that's just some interesting that I just noticed too is like if I'm going through that you know going through that as well when I'm watching this um, you know, the, with that, Darbarian, just any other that. So that's just, you know, that's how, that's interesting that I just noticed. So I don't know what your thoughts on that. Yeah, no, that's exactly what, it, yeah, I think, I think, um, and I'm not going to speak to necessarily with people that might have urges to do the other, the horrible stuff, because mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about that. But, but I think that's why horror is such an amazing genre, because I do think that for a lot of, and I'm not saying that people that watch these things have that are actually like prone to yeah, do that. That's not what it's I meant. Just, sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I know you didn't. I want to clarify for people that listen that might twist the words. That's not at all what we're talking about. What we're talking about is the fact that it can be a catharsis to sit there. And because, you know, when you are, when you endure any kind of um, sexual assault, sexual harassment, anything like that, it can feel like it really it makes you feel powerless and like your power has been stripped away. And so if you can watch something where someone's power has been stripped away, but then they regain this power and they're able to get that revenge on the people that have hurt them and make those people hurt like they have and gain their power back and get their power back, which once again, I'm not saying in real life you should do this. I just want to stress that because I don't want us to get in trouble with people. But I'm just saying, I think that's why these movies appeal. And that's why it is cathartic because you are watching and also can make you question your own morals. Like, Mm -hmm. should I be okay with the fact that, you know, this is like they're torturing someone? Should I I mean, and this is not, this is a genre that has existed forever. This, this subgenre of revenge thrillers, revenge horror films. And it is that thing of like, you know, I mean, Last House on the Left is very much a revenge film in the end. It starts out as something else, but then it turns into revenge. Um, So, and that's one of the most powerful horror films ever. It's not one you can watch a lot, but it is powerful because it is one of those that asks the question, if you were presented with the people that hurt you the most, what would you do if you were face to face with them and you had power and they had no power? And so you can live that through these and it can also make you, I think, think about things in a different way. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think it's something you should feel bad about at all. I want to stress that because I think watching these as a woman, especially, that's why once again, more women statistically watch horror than men do. And, I, you know, it, this could be part of it, too, because it is watching people. That's why we love final girls. We love watching women defeat the evil and yes this is about two two men 
but you still can feel that power mm. because it is also about a man seeking revenge against some horrible stuff that it was done to a woman. And this man does this stuff to women and he assaults the women. Um, he tortures them basically. So it's like getting revenge for that, but it's also dealing so much with the fact that if we don't deal with our grief, it can consume us. And that's what this is doing is it's consuming him. And he's also been kind of, you know, he also has his father-in-law is also very much encouraging this, <laughs> you know, yeah. he is. he's very yeah, much, yeah, yeah. and people are like, you've got to stop doing this. You got to stop. It's going to hurt him. And it almost, you know, it, it almost does hurt him in another way because then the killer's going after his family. So it's like, it's this, it's this interesting thing where it does question your own, own thoughts on this and your own feelings and examines it. Mm -hmm. And you can, you very much are putting yourself in the shoes of this man. But it's a brilliantly done movie. I really do recommend It's on Hulu right now, by the way. This is the one I was going to say is now on, on Hulu. So if you have Hulu, you can watch it there. I believe it's just regular Hulu. It might be Showtime because I have Showtime as well on Hulu. So I'm not positive, but I know it is on there. I saw that this morning. So if you want to watch this, and I do want to note a little um, trivia about this because this is a very, very violent film. And the Korea Media Rating Board forced the director to recut the film for its theatrical release, objecting to its violent content. The film received a restricted rating twice, preventing any sort of release in theaters or on home video and promotions as well. Seven cuts were made with the total runtime of removed material between 80 and 90 seconds. So just to let you know that. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the deal. It go down. It go down in the deal. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Do you have another favorite? Because I'm just saying this one is my number five because this was going to be on my list anyway. I, yeah. I saw the devil. So I, since I'm just commenting off of yours, I will just say that's my, I, my number five then. So I feel like we could just like start with just talking about the one we, we just watched. All like, you know, I I actually finished watching The Thirst uh, last night. <laughs> and I, I don't even know, like, I can't believe that it was directed by Parks John Wook. I was like, why is it like you know why is the why is this just look familiar the stories like and i would just look who's the director i was like oh okay because <laughs> right now like he is like he he is like a number one like car director over in korea right now he's like big and so i'm just like loving everything just just love everything about that about his work because he's the one who who wrote the handmaiden he wrote the old boys did he 
there was another one that I didn't watch. I don't. Um, yeah, he did. He did um, the Handmaiden. Um, I'm looking at his uh, biography right now. Um, his filmography, excuse me, Lady Vengeance, Three Extremes, Sympathy for Mister Vengeance. Yeah, and he's very well respected. Like you said, he's one of those like that's right up there. And just so people know what Thirst is, Thirst is about through a failed ma- ma- medical experiment, a priest is stricken with vampirism. So yeah. Honestly, the movies, like, I can remember who's the actors, but he was very popular. The one that plays the vampire, the priest, he was very popular. I can't remember his name. Him, um... Kong Hu Song is who it is. Who's also yeah. in Parasite. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was also in Parasite. And um, he also plays in the, the, also the very popular movie, The Host, as well. So that one, I, I can't really, like, I, I just... It's, it's so no hard. piercer. It's no piercer too. So, um, and also interesting though, I also just noticed that uh, in the Handmaiden, the cinematograph, cinema, how do you pronounce cinematographer? Cinematographer. Cinematographer is Jung uh, Jung Hun Jung, which is he's also amazing on what he does, and because he works closely with old boys and all that stuff, he also did it on the last night of Soho. Which was why when I was watching the last night of Soho, and, and, and last night of Soho is, is more of a it's 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 not Asian, it's a West Edgar Wright movie, yeah, yeah it's Edgar Wright, mm-hmm. yes. So, but still though, you can see like the arts, you know, everything about it, like it's very familiar, and um, I just like I was just happy. actually when I heard about that news, I was really happy. I was like, we finally are getting like more like you know Asian directors, just like you know you know, help, you know, in like doing Weston's movie. I was, I was really happy about that. We met to Thirst. So what were your thoughts on Thirst? I just love how, I love how like cute and wholesome it was because I think it's cute because, you know, you have like a priest who's just like, I wanted to just help people and just like, and do all that. You know, he got himself in a situation where he's accidentally turning himself to a vampire and then you know, and then he gets to like fall in love and like, but it's also like very forbidden in a way. So I just like this weird, you know, for it's just, I don't know how to describe it. was. It's sexy. It's sexy. <laughs> yes, it was. It, it was, was very sexy. It was very sexy because, like, also, I like to point out the scene where, you know, the first thing that he finds out that he's a vampire. He jump off the window and try to commit suicide. And I don't know why. I just start laughing. It's like, because like usually you didn't think that, you know, when you become a vampire, like you just like, you know, you just like, cool, this is awesome. No, he's like, fuck the, fuck, I, I can't live anymore. Commit suicide. I don't know why that was kind of just like, I don't know why I laughed at that part, but, or it was just like very, it was very unusual. But the story itself was just like, it's just, I don't say it was scary, just most more sexy. I guess the scary is sexy. It's what it is. <laughs> I like that. Scary is sexy. Scary is sexy. And, it's um, beautiful, too. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. <laughs> I love this movie. So. <laughs> I do, too. And, you know, and I don't even, you know, expect anything else from um, Park John Wook movies in general. Like, I knew, you know, he had this fancy of just you know just making some fuckery 
sexy or just like I don't know what to say it or just twisting it in a way that just I don't know it was just very wholesome and I just love it um it basically it was just about like I said about the priest who was just trying to help people as they turn themselves into vampire and then just fall in love with I guess like with I don't, he, I don't know how he story. I don't know how he relates to the family. Was he just like their priest family? If I just like remember, I believe so. I didn't rewatch it. I watched this one years ago when it first came out. It came out in two thousand nine, and this was like a huge deal. This movie was really, really people loved this movie. Mm-hmm. This is one of the most beloved vampire movies out there. I mean, because it is a love story at its heart too, and most a lot of vampire movies are about that. And I think it's also you know I think with the uh, attempted you know suicide scene i think a lot of what that's also about is this is someone who wanted to be a priest mm-hmm. so becoming a vampire is like becoming everything he's supposed to not be for so i think it so that's why i think it's, it makes sense mm-hmm. that he'd be like i don't want to do this because it's like it's going against what my moral compass is supposed mm-hmm. to be and then watching him sort of give into it and succumb to it and like, it, you know, that's a lot of what vampire movies are about. I mean, vampires, and I'm going to save a lot of my comments on this for next week. So we're going to be talking about vampires and sexuality. And I'm definitely going to talk about this movie, <laughs> which is on Peacock, by the way. Uh, so you can watch it on there or you can rent it as well. And I highly recommend this. If you love vampire movies, I think this is an essential vampire flick, like for sure, because it deals with that so interestingly, especially having someone who is you know a priest being stricken with that is even a bigger question there because so much of the vampire mythology is about um religion and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and you know how a cross is supposed to stop a vampire in a lot of mythology and holy water and stuff so you've got someone who is constantly surrounded by the symbols that are supposed to defeat this evil of vampires i mean that's not all what priests do but i'm just saying (laughs) the symbols and so that's why it's such an interesting little moral dilemma there to present to have that happen to somebody like that Mm -hmm. so and i liked it how you know even though he knows that he became quote quote a monster he's still you know he still like kept his whole value of like human's life in place like you know i you know i still value the human like i i still prefer to you know not drink from them but i'll drink if they you know from his patient the patient's spot was it the patient's um it was the patient was in a coma um or was he in a coma i can't remember so he was trying to make so he was it was still you know in a way he was trying to still make it ethical and it's just just again a beautiful art you know because you know, he turned his, you know, and then, you know, he turned his lover into a vampire in which she, you know, she had a different lifestyle before she became a vampire, you know, just, you know, listening to her mother-in-law, you know, belittling her, how she should, you know, take care of her sick husband, you know, husband didn't like give her the attention that she needs you know, made her into, you know, I'm going to just get, you know, I'm a vampire now, I can just get whatever the fuck I want now, you mm-hmm. know, and so, and the thing is, so I can't be angry with her. Uh, so the woman who just like, you know, who has been taking so much 
from for me like I can understand you know like if I have this so much power which I'm not trying to say like if, you know when I'm watching this movie not because you know I'm trying to act on it no I know <laughs> just trying to clarify but you know like if I was you know I would you know like take whatever I want you know I'll probably drink someone who deserved it you know the rapist and all this you know all these stuff so and I th- and that's the thing about American horror is like it just makes you just like like not want you just hate someone like like it just makes you just feels everything overstimulated like you just really can't hate this certain person like it's just I just like that how it just makes you think a lot and about like you know thinking about myself and how I'm feeling when I watch this kind of stuff so lovely lovely movie I absolutely enjoyed it <laughs> so yeah it's one of my favorites too so I won't so now Angela and I are both like two for two here <laughs> we yes. the same yes. one. so let's so what's another one that that you love to and maiden I, I had a feeling that's what you were gonna say next so, and well, this is actually one I have not seen so uh which mm-hmm. is surprising to me but I have not seen this one it's fine if you spoil it because I get spoiled for everything now but so it's fine. But I'm, this is one I haven't seen. So we that, will not be on the same with this one. Okay. <laughs> and the thing is, so I, 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 I have, I, I have a feeling you're going to love this movie. Also, again, you can't go wrong with Park, uh, John Wook's mass, another masterpiece art. I, well, the thing is, though, I have, when I first watched it, I did get triggered. I will say that this movie has some, like, you know, um, sexual assault triggers um suicide harassment or just like i guess domestic violence in a way um or and uh grooming or uh what was that word grooming or i don't know how to what do you call that kind of grooming is when someone grooms like a young person yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so i just oh i guess that would be under the same sexual assault yeah, it's just, it's people use it as like, you know, someone might groom someone mm-hmm. for a while and then, you know, it, it's used a lot with a lot, pedophiles do it a lot of mm-hmm. like grooming their, their victims. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. So just to let you know, that's the warning of all of that, what was going on. Um, and of course, something like that, which is, it's a masterpiece movie. I absolutely enjoy loving it. It's like another woman empowering of... I don't know. I just can't describe how beautiful, like the cinematography. Yes, it's just actually beautiful. I just like, at the same time, scary, sexy, scary. So that's gonna be my name. (laughs) It was sexy, scary, because like, um, because who does that? He always does, except for old boys. So that was not sexy, scary. That was just no. That was uh, that was. Have you watched the old boy? A long time ago, yes, yes, but no, that is not I mean, sexy, scary. <laughs> that one was weird. <laughs> so basically, you have the handmaid who um, you have four different characters: the conmans, the um, the handmaid herself that she's working with the conmans, and then you have the princess or the hair or I guess someone really important who has all that money and then she is being you know controlled by her uncle who is the guy who's who have groomed her 
since the beginning and have all these men's like you know but the cons what, what this was that this con man was trying to get this handmaiden to get to like trick the emp the empress or i'm just gonna say the princess because she she acts she sounds like a princess to me i'm just gonna say this is a princess but i try to trick the princess to marry the cons man so that he can get her wealth and there's a lot of like twists into this like where there's i let's just say like they're just trying to play each other minds basically like i guess the first scene was like the the handmaid was trying to trick the princess into you know getting to marrying him but then turns out in the second scene it was actually the princess and the consman was trying to trick the handmaiden i would like to say that in the end of this movie was basically what i'm getting this was like fuck man was what it is was like i noticed that all these men's like uncles and the consman was trying to just like control the handmaiden and the princess trying to do whatever they want but in the end these two fall in love they have a sexy sex it was sexy i <laughs> the scary sexy the scary sex it was just like and it's just like it's so sad because like these two are trying to survive which you know like a lot of people keep thinking of like is this actually love or they're just you know the only reason why they're falling in love is because they have to survive because like these two you know these men are trying to control them and like trying to you know control their body their wealth and everything but i just love how empowering this movie was just like you know this woman's just like trying to just like survive and try and you know have their dreams that they want and it's just I don't know how to describe it was just beautiful made um it's also just super sad because there's a lot of like gross death there's also like octopus tentacles which to me I'm into those kind of things but like that one was too weird you know <laughs> so but I don't know I think that one was like one of my top my top three it's just yeah. like my favorites like just I'm just surprised I want I just want I I just want Aaron to watch it like so whenever you do I want to know your thoughts on this because I know you're going to like absolutely love it I definitely will let you and this one's on prime by the way everybody mm -hmm. watch this on prime right now so so if you haven't watched it like me or if you want to watch it again that is where it is streaming right now um, so the next one I'm going to mention then, since we have like two different ones here, yeah. and this was a brand new one for me. Um, I just watched it yesterday and this is on, um, Netflix and it's called The Call. Have you seen this one? Which one is that one? This one is about two people, two different people that live in two different times. So one person is in 1999 one and another person is in like 2019. And um, they are country? basically, um, this one is from uh, Korean. It's from South Korea. And this one is, so the two people that oh! live in two different times. And there's one yes. phone call that connects them. So, yeah, and they're like, so basically the person that is from 1999 is actually a serial killer and a female mm -hmm. serial killer, which you don't see a lot of those. Yeah. In yep. movies. And she happens to, through a phone, get connected to someone in 2019 she ends up bringing back this the present day person's father and but then the present day person learns that she's a serial killer 
And so it's that kind of battle of fighting for, you know, serial killer ended up brutally killing <laughs> her her family and then brutally killing the the woman that's the, the other young girl, her father, like horrifically with oh, uh, yeah. That was the I remember that one. I I Yeah, it's I don't it, like <laughs> I you don't like that one. <laughs> I, I remember I just like I just it's just one of those things where I was like, oh my god, she got this. And then like, no, god damn, she killed her family. Oh no, she got this again. And then she, like, the serial killer, for some reason, she is always like, like, ten step ahead of her. And that always, like, because you kind of just want the main character to just win, then you just, yeah, it's just like not, it's just not working out for her. And um, she doesn't end up winning in the end. Because no. you think she's going to, and like the final scene is is um, the present day girl is with her mom at her dad's gravesite. She's like, I've won. I've defeated the serial killer. She thinks she has. She thinks she's killed her. But then the serial killer is also communicating with the, her 2019 version and was warning her what's going to happen. Or no, the 2019 version, excuse me. So the present day version of the serial killer is communicating with the 1999 version. So telling her what's going to happen. And so you watch as she's as um the main girl is walking um Suyun is walking with her you know mom away from the from in this they're in the graveyard and they're walking away in their cemetery and you watch as the mom disappears and you're going flashing back and forth and so basically the 1999 serial killer kills her mom and you watch as her mom disappears and then you're like, she's going to kill her too, because she's got, you know, she's got her as a little girl tied up downstairs. So, so yeah, it's, it's an interesting, um, it's not a happy movie. But... It's not a happy movie. I hate these kind of movies. I hate... It does not have a happy ending. <laughs> you think it does. You think it's going to, and it, even the music is all happy at the end. <laughs> and then it completely changes, but... Like it's just hard to expect what the ending is going to be, so, well, yeah, it was like a very it, it, the feeling was like kind of like a uh like weird thriller, just like not thriller, but just like you just want to be stuck like anxiety it just gave me so much anxiety. <laughs> yeah, because you don't know what's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, but that one is on Netflix, like I said, and Netflix does have a lot of great Asian horror selections as well. So go and check that out. Go for your next one. Uh, I was gonna say that what's also on the Netflix is called The Whole Truth. That's actually from Thai, uh, Thailand, which I could give credit to Thai to how to Thailand's movie or like horrors movie because their horrors is like a more it's a much more scarier like much more like different like kind of scary and majority of their horrors all based in like what like in religious religion stuff and but not in like a way you know like here or i guess like you know christians and catholic you know they're in like buddhas it's all mm -hmm. talk about the whole karma kind yeah. of um horrors and like you know like we, we do this like this is what your consequence is going to be and then you're just like oh jesus it's like the same for the welling that was also religious, like in religions too, and like karmas happens again. And like, I don't know if 
now I thought about it, like, is that considered like a religion horror kind of thing? Or is that like a psychological, what would you put that kind of genres? Like, not, you know, just... I think it depends on the film because I think a lot of different kind of genres can deal with religion and stuff, but I think it would depend because I think some of them that deal with religion and karma, like some, some that deal with like um, Buddhism and stuff as well. I think sometimes those can be classified as supernatural. It depends on what the element that they're using is because I know there is another movie on, on Netflix that I, I, I couldn't finish it. It was, I it just, for some reason it was really hard for me to watch called the incantation and that's a found footage movie and that deals a lot with um i can't remember what country that that is from but that deals a lot with like incantations and so a lot of like Mm -hmm. supernatural stuff and so i think with what you're talking about it can either be psychological or supernatural or it can be psychological and supernatural so i think it just kind of depends on that makes sense though but yeah, Thailand's horrors is like a different kind of story religion. Except for the whole truth, that's in Netflix. Um, I, it, for, I'm surprised that it wasn't regarded about religion. It was just about these two siblings who live with their grandparents' house, and it turns out that there's a lot of dark secrets into this. I don't know how I feel about it. Was it? It didn't gave me like a cry like a scare as it was in Asian horror so um I don't but maybe I was just kind of surprised because usually Thailand's like horror movies are like completely scary but I I I gave it like an okay on that movie so (laughs) (laughs) and okay yeah I I wanted to watch that one too but I didn't get a chance to I didn't have time to watch that one but that's on my list in Netflix to definitely watch. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and another Netflix, since I already mentioned audition in the beginning, I'm not going to mention audition mm-hmm. again in these, mm-hmm. but um, another one that I watched for the first time was uh, hashtag alive, which is also um, from South Korea. It's on Netflix. It's another zombie film and it's about the rapid spread of an unknown infection is left in the entire city in unforgivable chaos, but one survivor remains alive in isolation. And he used the power of social media a lot too. And actually, this is an interesting commentary on social media, this movie. Um, it came out in 2020. And it's all about people that are in the midst of this using social media as a way to find other people that might be alive during this. And it's also a big commentary also on class and um, privilege and um, I mean, money wise. So have you seen that one? I think I have though. Didn't they make another one for like a Western movie too? I don't know if they did or not, but there was another West. Oh wait, no, that's not hashtag. That's just, that was just called live. Sorry. <laughs> um... Oh yeah. There, there was a movie called live about a plane crash. <laughs> I was like, totally I was different. Like, I was totally to different. I was like, wait, and that's from talk. years like, and years ago. That's from a long time. <laughs> Yeah, that's a totally different movie. That's based on a true story. That's a totally... Like, as far as I know, Hashtag talk? Live is Was not a true... <laughs> as far as I know, that this is not a true story. No. <laughs> but did you watch this one? I did this watch one this one, too. I totally forgot that one, too. This one was, like, 20... Which is why it's been a while, because this is, like, from 2020. Um, it's so very much recent, yeah. Recent. Let's just say, though, I do like Korean Zombies a lot like if you do like that Aaron like I would you know suggest Kingdom um that's 
but the thing is about Kingdom, it's not even the movie, it's like a series of just like, you know, back in the the you know, where there was king and queens, but it's just so twisted and like it's just If you just like zombies movie, I totally recommend Kingdom. Also, I will say though that I also like Train to Busan. Yeah, I'm gonna be checking out that here soon. Too, Oh, so. yeah, I totally forgot. <laughs> Sorry. no, you do not Sorry. have to apologize. <laughs> you didn't know, but but yeah, but but I liked um, you know hashtag alive again explores what all good zombie movies do is the fact that the true horror and the true the most evil part of zombie movies. is are human beings like once again we're spoiling this so he thinks he's the only person alive but he's not in in this big this like clustered together apartment building that he happens to live in and he figures out that another um young woman is living across the way and is also alive so they communicate with each other it's really kind of a interesting meet cute in a way i mean it's really kind of cute it's kind of adorable and she just keeps like insulting him in some Yeah. way Gary Sex. <laughs> well i think this is more like the sweet innocent Okay. kind of love story in my opinion um Very cute. scary cute yeah scary cute And so they've been communicating and, and, you know, they, they end up save each other and they, and, um, then they end up finding out there's another guy living in the same, that's alive too, and has been keeping his wife, who is a zombie chained up and he's going to feed these two to his wife because she's starving. And then he ends up getting, they, they end up getting free. And it's one of these that's like so emotional in the end because all the zombies because they end up having to shoot a gun all the zombies start just coming onto the like just like entering the building and there's thousands upon thousands of them and then they hear and they're going to um kill themselves because they're like we don't want to die being zombies so then they hear a helicopter and you're like oh they're gonna get rescued so they make their way to the roof And then they think the helicopter has left and you see all these zombies just rushing them and you're like, they're going to die. This is so horrible. And then the helicopter comes down and rescues them. <laughs> and then it kind of, it talks about that, about in the end you hear like in the voiceover about how social media is actually being used in a positive light. And I thought that was what was also interesting about this movie is that usually you see social media as a big negative in movies. But this was showing how this could positively be used because of the fact that he was on social media and he was posting and he, you know, he had already had like a, I can't, he had like his own channel and stuff that he would do stuff. He would like, wasn't he, he was like a gamer too, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so because of that, because he had a following, they were able to kind of know that somebody else was alive in these apartment buildings. So I thought that was an interesting commentary on the good that social media can do because usually you won't see that. So I just thought that was an interesting way to do zombies. And I know some people
Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And I mean, social media has been used by lots of countries when they've been in the midst of revolutions and stuff. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it hasn't been, there is lots, there are lots of negatives to social media. Don't get me wrong, but there are some positive sides Mm -hmm. to it for sure. So yeah, so I thought it was interesting to explore it in this. Angela, what's another one? If you you want to, we can talk about Train to Busan too, or if you had another one you wanted to mention. I'm actually kind of surprised for me to, you know, actually going back to watch a, a, a Vietnamese horror stories it's on Netflix called The Guardian I wanted to try to watch the the new one that they were released this year it's called the Vietnamese horror stories that was released this year in April and I heard so many good things about these movies and I and I and I could not find way to stream it so if you know any some good ones Aaron just let me know I've been trying to get my hands onto this. Apparently, it's it, it like it's it's been getting a lot of like radiations and stuff. But so I end up just watching the Guardian instead in the Netflix. And to me, there was there's reason why I try to avoid you know Vietnamese genre Vietnamese in generals, and that that's just my fault of growing up of being American Asian, and then like you know being treated my parents like you know what I can't do or can't do. Basically, I wasn't able to live my quote-unquote American dreams of like, you know, because I was so strict of not, you know, my parents aren't letting me do whatever I want. Um, And so growing up, I had like a full hatred of just like, you know, myself, my Vietnamese cultures. So doing this horror Asian broadcast, uh, broadcast, you know, today, you know, I actually cried this morning while while watching The Guardians and you know and it actually wasn't a really good horror anyways but it, it, it I mean it was it, actually the fact that I was surprised so like they, they did have a twist in, in the end I thought I knew I thought you know watching enough horrors I knew what was going to happen nope they did twist everything in the end I was like darn it it's like but um and the thing is so I think what the fact that I think me just just finally watching just you know my cultures in general of just how much that I'm been missing and like you know being you know I wasn't appreciating of my culture you know in the past and you know now watching it you know I just you know cried and just like you know I've been I, I I'm just like I don't know how to describe it it's just like I'm happy, you know, that I'm actually like gonna open myself more to like trying to like, you know, loving myself more. Even though I'm watching this like horror, Asian horror, but it's like it's like my cultures, and so you know, and I understand all the language and all the stuff. I didn't have to read the subtitles, so I was just like, sometimes horror just brings you happiness, and you know, when you when you least expected it, so. But that's, I don't know what your thoughts on it. I like that. That's how I was feeling this whole entire time because, like, I haven't watched any Vietnamese, you know, media dramas since I was a kid. And, you know, it's just like, calling, have that emotions built up, you know, just like basically seeing myself in that movie too. Just, wow, a lot was taken for me, you know, growing as an Asian American here. And, you know, and that what in that movie, it basically say like how awful humans, you know, can treat other people. But if you have like friends, you have someone you can trust, you know, you will be okay. So it was just kind of like a 
you know, more in my moments before I was doing this broadcast with you. That's what that was what I was doing. I was trying to watch it. And then here I am just like trying to just talk about it. So. No, I, I love that. Thank you for, sh- and I think that's, that's amazing. And I think it's, you know, another positive side to, to horror and people so often, you know, some people who don't appreciate the genre like to criticize it so much, but being able to find that for, for yourself and exploring that and exploring part of your own identity or your, your own, your own history too it's pretty, I mean, that's amazing, Angela. So thank you for sharing that. And I'm very glad that that was able to bring you some, some joy and some happiness. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's amazing. So yeah. see the power of art and cinema and film and, and the horror genre. It's a very mm-hmm. powerful genre. It just is. So yeah. This as long as you just, you know, made it right. Cause like the way how people, you know, like the directors, and it looks like he was actually pretty popular directors from I found out, but, you know, he'd been making good movies about just, you know, cultures and, like, stories that, you know, are real in a way that was hard. So, you know, you just have to be very considerate to make these kind of movies, unlike someone who makes Blonde. No, it, it, that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you are going to tackle certain subjects, if you're going to talk about certain things, there's a way to do it, which is done with care and love and respect and with an actual thing behind it instead of doing it where you are getting off on it in a lot of ways. You know, there's because that's what trauma porn is another word that people do use. And there are movies that people do that. I mean, there's torture porn and horror. And so it is that getting off on people's trauma. So there's a way to explore trauma. The majority of the movies that Angela and I have been talking about today are dealing with trauma but we're not saying you shouldn't watch these movies we're saying it's the way they're examining that trauma and the way the filmmakers are exploring that trauma that is important and the way it's handled is different than some other movies may handle it so i think that's the important distinction there is you can talk about trauma but it depends on how you present it if you actually have a real reason that you're doing it instead of just trying to get off on the trauma you're presenting then there can be something that can happen there. And and there's also stuff that some people may, may find um, liberating and others may not, or may find um, is well done and others may not. So there's also that different, differing opinion stuff, but yeah. Let's talk about Train to Busan, mm-hmm. um, which I just, uh, I did a, t- a tweet <laughs> the other day and I said, and so I don't know if, and this is, and I said this jokingly, so, uh, but I said, if you do not cry at the end of this movie, we cannot be friends. Yeah. So did you cry at the end of this movie? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so. I did. Also, but the thing is, though, I might be just be biased because if Susie was here, though, like, and I don't know if you remember, you know, we were talking about, we had like Asian uh, broadcast. Was it like last year? of like speaking of like we were talking about um k-dramas yeah k-drama yeah mm-hmm. so also because you know my love for gung yu is like this this man is like very super sexy so of course i cried when you know he died <laughs> so but no no i did cry you know you know as well you know what happened to him in the end and you know his poor daughter and all these others you know just going through all that it was just sad 
I have not watched the second. Apparently, there's a second movie right after that, so I haven't watched that yet. Oh yeah, there is. I haven't watched mm-hmm. it yet either. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's. A, I mean, it's a beautiful film. This is like, a, I think this is probably the best zombie movie ever made, mm-hmm. and that's because it's not just. I mean, it's very terrifying. I think this is one of the scariest zombie movies, too. There are some very terrifying scenes in this. And especially because if you don't know what this is, I mean, we're spoiling it. We are spoiled, yeah. of course. But this is um, um, while a zombie virus breaks out in South Korea, uh, passengers struggle to survive on the train from Seoul to Busan. So you've already got this claustrophobic environment because you're on a train. And so you're dealing with that. Um, you know, it's it follows a father with his daughter and the father is this very successful businessman and he you know the relationship with his daughter is strained and you've also got the class system also being examined in this and of course you've got some of the humans being awful human beings Mm -hmm. but it is there's a lot of terror in it there's a lot of um emotions in it and that final scene you know is just uh when the final scene with um his his daughter sue ann gets she's gets off the train with the um with a woman that was another passenger who whose husband also dies um and who is pregnant and they're off and they um have made it to busan and they're going on the railroad tracks because they can't go any further with the train and they're walking and you've got the military watching them and um they uh, you know they're asking you know what should we do they're getting their orders and they can't they say we'll confirm confirm if they're infected they say they can't so they're told to shoot them and you're watching this thinking oh my gosh everybody is going to die this is so horrible and then the daughter starts singing and it's just it's gonna make me cry just think about it because that also made me cry because it's just like oh thank god and then you watch the military rushes towards them saves and they don't shoot them and it's just like she's singing and crying and they're broken because, you know, everybody they love is gone at that point. And it's just, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful movie and very heartbreaking and really is the best um, zombie film I've personally ever seen. So I don't know. I think I would just basically just say everything that I just wanted. It was a beautiful movie. Just all, definitely my, no one if zombie movie ever i don't i can't you know besides kingdom kingdom will be after but <laughs> there's just something about just like the relationship between this you know the father and the daughter and then just like what actually would happen you know if a zombie like it's just like much more in way realistic and just like great storytelling and that's just why i just love it so much mm-hmm. yeah it's such a great movie it I is. have nothing else to say about it. It's just like it's just like it's just beautiful, really done, and I will, I will be angry if they. It, I can't believe they're trying to remake it. And is that is that been confirmed? Uh yes. Yeah, so it's called the Last Train to New York. And oh wait, the, it's supposed the, to drive. It drives out of April. Uh, let's see. So the last update, July eleventh, two thousand twenty-two. It was a reg- it was going to be set for release April 21st next year. Um but so now they're not sure though. It looks like they're not sure. Um, uh, I hope it doesn't happen. So we'll see. But um but it has been made. So but to let you know uh Train to Busan is available on a lot of 
streaming services mm -hmm. right now. You can watch it for free on Crackle, um, on Plex, on Tubi TV, uh, Tubi again. Uh, again, those are, will have commercials, but it is worth it. Um, and it's also available on Peacock as well. So that one is on a lot of different streaming channels. So, so Angela, we did already cover, I know that psychological is your favorite in there. And we covered a little bit with talking with each of these of different themes that Asian horror is trying to explain. But I want to know, do you think, do you find Asian horror in general overall, do you think it's more it's you think it's scarier than say western horror it's fine to say it is most people think it is so it's fine <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm not trying to be biased though i mean like you know when my dad you know show me the ring and the grudge you know after i watched it western like i just like i don't I, I can't go back to it i don't know what it is that that make it just so much better uh, I don't know if it's just me just being biased I I would not say but I I just think they're just they're just storytelling it's just so much better like you know I feel like they're they handled although I would like to say though that I don't mind you know enjoying a bit of a slasher movie from time to time you know like with Scream the Halloween all of that so you know I just enjoy that I, but there's time when I just like enjoy just having like a story behind everything of like the smallest details just like you know I just honestly it's my opinion is I just prefer it I just prefer it more um and it's just like it's just so unique I think like it's just beautifully made they really do take these directors these all these people who who put all the works they do really think about their cultures a lot they you know like I think it's what I think it's their culture that enrich this movie a lot like I'm not saying that Wesson don't really have cultures <laughs> maybe I think that's what it is it's like it's just the cultures that just makes it even more real even more horror like that like you know that it's just like more storytellers like it's 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 like saying like it's like it's like histories in some way, in my opinion. Like, it's just like they're trying to show us this cultures and, you know, regardless if it's scary or not. And I just, I think that's what it is. It's, it's, it's just enrich everything. No, yeah. And there's nothing, I mean, honestly, most people think Asian horror is better than um, the United, the Western horror, especially like United States mainly is what we're talking about. And usually when we say mm -hmm. that, uh, cause there's some terrifying French horror films and stuff. So, uh, but, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I think what it is and when you're talking about with, also with the culture and with history and your own stories and stuff, I think also, and not that other horror films can't do this because like I said, this is my favorite genre. So I love all sorts of mm -hmm. different subgenres within horror but i think it's also there's a way of uh something that can be explored in asian horror i think in a different way that kind of was missed out on some of the western remakes is the fact that uh, it's about humanity and it's about exploring um your connection to other people too i think and your own humanity and your own struggles and your own personal and not and i'm not and yes of course there are other horror movies that explore that but i think that's what 
Asian horror does so well is exploring our own humanity and our own journey as human beings and the horror that can come with that. And, um, and also I think we, you know, Western society tends to be um, not as connected sometimes to things that are um, paranormal or Mm -hmm. supernatural or stuff that can't be explained. And so I think when you're not as sometimes you're, when you don't believe in that stuff or you just want everything to be logical, it can be very limiting sometimes in the art you put out. And I think with Asian horror in particular, it's not always that way. Like a lot of things are explored. That's why, I mean, we didn't really, we, I mean, Angela did with, with what she said were the first ones that she watched, but we didn't talk as much about supernatural um, but that is another thing too. It's like, I mean, yes, of course, vampires are supernatural yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the call has a lot to do with supernatural mm-hmm. stuff too. Um, but I think there is a difference in the way it is handled in Asian horror where with ghost stuff and poltergeists and things like that, where it is talking a lot about the human side to that. And where does this originate from? Where do these ghost stories come from? Where do these spirits come from? Why does this spirit exist? And usually it is a product of some sort of trauma, yeah. um, you know, and revisiting that trauma and not dealing with that trauma. So that's another big thing that I think Asian horror explores really, really well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, I, th- I mean, I, I really enjoyed doing this one and, um, you know, visiting some that I hadn't seen before and also just talking about it with you, Angela. So mm-hmm. I really appreciate you talking with me about this um and doing this episode with me so thank you so much i'm really glad we got to and someday we'll have to like talk about some of these movies just individually and explore them in individual episodes so you know every year we're gonna do horror so maybe we'll have to revisit some of them and talk about them like in depth so I need your thought. I need your thought on the handmaidens. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely will let you know when I get a chance to watch it. I will definitely let you know my thoughts for sure. So uh, I don't know. I forgot to ask you before we started, but I don't know if you're playing Six Degrees of Finwit Rock. Um, I have not been playing before. It's fine. Okay, it's fine. It's fine. If Susie were here, she would. <laughs> well, because she's part of my Finn crew, so she oh, yeah, would that's cool. <laughs> she would yeah. have to. She's kind of rec- <laughs> those are the only ones that I will give crap to if they don't do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I am connecting Finn Whitrock to Thirst through Kong Ho Sung, who is in the movie Snowpiercer. Yep. And also in Snowpiercer is Allison Pill, who was in American Horror Story Cult, which Basically, you can connect that to any American Horror Story movie mm-hmm. show that yes. White Rock has been in. So I've been trying to limit my use of American Horror Story, but that one was the first one that I tried to connect and it came up right away. So I'm like, forget <laughs> it. I'm just going to use this. <laughs> so, yeah. So, well, thank you so much, Angela. So if you want to tell everybody where they can find you on social media, if you want to be found. Uh, find me and on Instagram to.khong. That's where you'll be finding all of my fun adventures and my, well, my cats and I adventures. So <laughs> <laughs> my cats and I. She said that. Yes. 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 
Well, this is Erin. You can follow me on Twitter at EAprilBeauty. The E and the A and the B are capitalized. And I'm still talking about how much I love Barbarian. Go watch our live stream spoiler-filled discussions. If you haven't seen it yet, do not watch that until you see it. On um, YouTube, we did a spoiler-filled discussion of that. I will be dropping that podcast episode sometime this month as a bonus for our horror month. But I've been talking about that nonstop. I will probably be talking about that movie until the end of the year because it's one of the best horror movies of the year. And this is a great year I want to throw out for horror. We have been very blessed with some amazing horror films. And I haven't seen it yet, but the movie Smile is supposed to be incredible. Uh, but this is just a great year for horror, and I'm very excited. Hey. So, yes. So, um, anyway, so that's where you can find me personally. Uh, be sure to like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on Twitter at fandom thing pod. No, it's in that one on Instagram at it's a fandom thing pod on TikTok at it's a fandom thing pod. If you have any feedback, show notes, if you'd like to be a potential interview guest on the show, feel free to reach out to us via our website. It's a fandom thing pod.com. Click the contact us button there. That'll shoot me an email and I'll get back to you to see about scheduling something. Um, and then also while you're over there, you can play the listener version of Six Degrees of Finn Whitrock for a chance to win some merch. Um, I'm not sure what the movies are going to be, in the sh but they are going to be four horror movies for the month of October. They should be up there by the time this episode drops. And so just tell us how Finn is connected to those four movies in Six Degrees or Less for a chance to win some merch. And then also we are starting our horror trivia event, which is going to be very different this year. We're going to be playing, we're, we're going to have podcasters, fellow podcasters and other panelists competing to win each night. So the four nights are, we've got, we're starting out with 80s horror on the 8th and then at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on YouTube and Facebook. And then the following Saturday, same time, we're going to be talking about television horror. And then the week after that, same time, we're going to be talking about women in horror. And then we're going to wrap it up on Friday, the 28th, October 28th at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time with just what I'm calling Devil's Brew, which is a mixture of horrors. So the way this is going to work is basically we're going to have podcasters and panelists and stuff competing. Um, we will have hopefully by at least by a few days before that week's event who is going to be competing. And what you can do is you can choose your player. So choose who you think will win. And if they do win, we will randomly select one person to win some prizes for that night. And also, whoever wins that night of our contestants, will we will be donating $10 to a charity, an organization of their choice. So stay tuned for more information. That should be on our website by the time this drops. If not, look for it before October 8th as well, or check our social media. And on our next episode, we are going to be talking about Guillermo del Toro. So it, we already recorded this episode. It's a really fun conversation. He is another fantastic filmmaker. So I had a lot of fun discussing that. And just to remind you of our whole slate of horror for this month, next week we are going to be talking about vampire stuff. So we're going to start it out by talking about sexuality and vampires. And then we are going to be talking about The Lost Boys. Then the week after that, we are going to be talking about Child's Play, the Child's Play series. And also, again, a reminder, go watch the series Chucky on Peacock. It's fantastic. And then we're going to be talking about the Final Destination series. And then we're going to round things out talking about The Purge. And then uh, horror movies that deal with cults. So 
Until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter and Stop Asian Hate.